This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Remember, uh, wait a minute, I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. I suppose I could go back and redo that, but why? Uh, last week, or not last week, two weeks ago, I talked about the, the great toilet seat debate. I solved it. Uh, it should be be past us now. It's It's behind us. We're fine. It's all settled. It's all good. Everybody's got it figured out, right? Because because everybody in the world listens to this show. Yeah, a little short of that. But, all right, I did have a little something more to follow up on because I think it was this past week, Monday, I think, in the morning. Uh, my We're down to one vehicle, so my wife will drive me into work and pick me up uh, because, you know, she'll use the vehicle to get Hayden to and from school and and such. And I've got the company van I can use if I need to drive from work somewhere to deliver supplies and that kind of thing. So, although I prefer to drive the car, because the van, it's one of those, you know, it's one of those cargo van type vans. It's an Astro van, Chevy Astro van, so there's no windows in the back. It's a white van with no windows in the back, so I look like I'm Ted Bundy driving around looking to kill somebody. But I'm not. I promise you, I'm not. And I just don't like... I, I, I hate backing up in those things. Because you have to work the mirrors. And I can do it, but... Eh, <laughs> I'd rather not. Anyway, uh, I did want to revisit the, uh, the the great toilet seat debate a little bit here. Because there's something else that came up. Uh, as we were driving into work, whatever morning it was, we were listening to one of the uh, morning shows. The uh, music radio stations, they have, uh, they'll have morning shows. Where they have a, I don't know, a three or two or three guys and two or three men and a woman, uh, at least this one does, and they 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 talk about the news stuff and and weird things around the world and then they uh, then they banter, yeah. So and it's it's not terrible. They call themselves the half-ass morning show. I think that's what they're calling their thing, and they, yeah, it's okay. You know, just for the 10 minutes we drive into work, it's you know, a big deal. And the the toilet seat thing came up. And it, it, the, they asked the woman in there her thoughts on it. And, of course, the seat should be down. Yeah. And she did talk about, yeah, she sat on the rim. It's it's hard. It's cold. And, so, and she's even gotten so far as to get her butt in the bowl, get a little water on the butt, which has got to be really... Yeah, uh, I can understand. I can understand all that. And she did talk about having a, a little boy who's learning how to use the toilet, so the the rim might get a little messed up. 
So that's the gross aspect of it, right? And, and so, okay. And then she brought up this thing about using the bathroom in the middle of the night. And women, like guys, will not want to turn on the lights. And that makes sense because you know, if you're like me, you wake up in the middle of the night, if you got to go pee or something like that, you, you, you don't want to wake all the way up. You just want to be mostly, well, not even mostly awake. You want to be partially awake, aware of what you're doing. You know where you're going. I'm heading to the bathroom. I, I know where I am and all that kind of stuff. But you don't want to be too far away from sleep so that when you're done and you go back to bed, you can go back to sleep quicker. But if you wake too much up, if you get too awake, uh, it take, might take a little more time to get back to sleep. And turning on a light can wake you up. And it's this disorienting. Your eyes are used to the dark, so you turn on the light, and it's it's just whoa, okay, all right, all right, now I got it. You know, it takes you that moment out of there, and then it wakes you up and all that stuff. So I understand. I do. I understand it. And I have a solution. We have a solution. It's called a nightlight. That's right. It's not just for kids afraid of the dark or adults afraid of the dark. It's night lights are fantastic. They're wonderful. They help. I remember moving in with my friend John into his house. I had his basement set up as my apartment. I had my own bathroom. And he even said, "Night lights. Put night lights around so that you can get around the house in the dark, you know, at night you can get around and not trip over anything and and you can see where you're going, but it's 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 enough light to see what's going on, enough light to determine what where the seat is, if it's up or down, or if the lid's down, you know, to determine that. It's enough light to do that. It's enough light to see you through, but not too much to to freak you out, wake you up, and disorient you when you when you walk into a room that has a night light on in it. So get night lights. We've got. We have a two-story house. We got a, we got a bathroom up on the second floor. We got a bathroom down here on the main floor. That's cool to have two bathrooms. It is cool. Uh, we've got night lights in both. We got a night light up in the hall upstairs. We got a night light down here in the big room where I'm doing my show, and a night light in the kitchen. It's it, and they and get yourself one of those LED ones because they last a long time. And just do that, and you got some light. No problems, okay? So, again, the final solution about the toilet seat is if you're a man, you live in a house with women, put the seat down. Lift it to go pee. Don't try to thread the needle, but put the seat down. Put the lid down, too. That's what we do here in this our household. That's what I've always done. But, and you, of course, you'll never have a woman complain about the lid being down, but she'll complain about the seat being up. That's what she'll do. And so do that. And women... I mean, because it's just nice. It's courteous. Just do it. All right? And women, you live in a house with a guy, let him know. That's what you want. Please put the seat down. Give him one. You know, you go in the bathroom, he forgot, you sat on the rim. Yeah. Just let him know. Remind him. And if he doesn't remember after that, well, then you give him the hardest time you want to give him after that because you, you gave him his chance. All right? So, guys, you know, it's just fine. And that does make me think of this, though. Uh, I went over to a, a friend's place, uh, my friend Craig. Uh, went over to catch up on some uh, Better Call Saul episodes with uh, with Craig and our friend Tim. And so the three of us, we get together every so often and we'll watch either a movie or um, we'll watch Better... Lately, been, it's been Better Call Saul. And we had five episodes to catch up on uh, a week or so ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was now. And... Um, 
Mike, or not Mike, uh, Craig lives with a guy named Mike. It's Craig's house. And so Craig and Mike are both men. And Craig's rule is lid and seat up on the toilet. That's how he wants it. And, and that's fine. It's his rules. It's his house. It's fine. Okay. And I went over and I, I got there. And shortly after I got there, I had to go pee. So I go into the bathroom. And if it was, you know, the lid and the seat were both up. And so I went. And my automatic reaction when finishing was to set it down. And I stopped myself. Whoa, whoa, nope, that's not how Craig wants it. So I put it back up. And, uh, and I did that uh, twice in the evening. A couple, three hours later, had to go to the bathroom again, went in, did my thing, and almost put everything down. But nope, 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 it's supposed to be up. See, I can, I can do it. I can do the rules. It, it, it's, but uh, you have to let me know what the rules are. <sighs> so I hope that has finally settled everything that needs to be settled when it comes to the uh, the great toilet seat debate. Oh, yeah, I got one of these. Now, I hadn't planned on talking about this. I hadn't, but I was listening to my podcasts this evening as I was cleaning my uh, building that I do on Friday nights. And uh, I had taken a break from this podcast called The Dollop. Uh, I, it's a good podcast. It's entertaining. It's fun. It's a history podcast, and they and they have a couple of comedians. Uh, one of them delves deep in some history, usually of American history. But if they go to New Zealand or not, not Zealand, uh, if they go to Australia, that's they've gone to Australia. They'll do some Australian history thing and you know stuff like that. And it, but it's usually it's usually American stuff. And I said I take a break. I took a break because uh, there's an undercurrent. About uh, you know, America sucks, and America is the most evil country in the world. Always has been, is now, and always will be. There's that undercurrent. Now maybe I'm not being fair. Maybe I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But it's there. Now it's not because the stories told in the in, in this in this podcast, these this historic stories told about America generally do not show America being great. <laughs> They're terrible stories about our, our past, terrible things that we've done. We as Americans, our country as, as, as it exists uh, and has done for the last 200 and something years and as a country and then before that and all that, you know. Uh, it's, I'm not, a, I'm not a, opposed to hearing about the bad stuff. We should hear about the bad stuff. We should know about the bad stuff in our history. We should acknowledge that it happened and make certain that we learned from it, that we learned why it was wrong and we don't do that again and this is not something that we have in our government and it's not something that we do as a people. And it's, you know, that's, that's, that's right. Don't forget it. Don't cover it up. Don't whitewash it. Don't make it, you know, spin it in a different way. Just tell the story for what it is. This is a terrible thing that we used to do, but we don't do this anymore. And that's the part that doesn't seem to come out of the dollop. Uh, the hosts are um, uh, Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds. And Dave Anthony does the most of the stuff. He does, he does the histories. He does the digging. And he does, tells the story. And Gareth does 
makes jokes about it, and the two of them will joke and things like that. And, it's, and it can be very funny. Uh, but then, but so often they have that moment where it's they say, "Isn't America great?" And it's still great, isn't it great? You know, meaning that we're still like that, or we're not much better than that. And it's just, and we're only that far away. We're just the width of a hair away from going back to the way it was exactly, and all this. And they just they get like that, and it just really it starts to bother me. And I say, I try to remind them, says, "You know, guys, you're." You're doing a podcast talking about all the terrible moments of our history, and I know how this might sound. You know, the, the conservatives will throw this kind of stuff at people, and I'm, I'm going to do it right now. Uh, try and do that when the Soviet Union was around. Try and do that there. Try and do that now in, in North Korea. Try and do that in Cuba. Try and do a podcast talking about all the terrible things in the past of whatever, you know, of one of those countries in those countries. Try and do that. And still have a podcast. Try, try and do a radio show about it. Try to, uh, to to write a book about it. Try to put out a newspaper about it. Try, see how well it goes. I mean, you can do this here in, in the United States, and you can do it in Canada, and you can do it in your in most of the countries in Europe, if not all of them. You can do that in many countries around the world, and you should be grateful for that. That's good. We can we can we can criticize our government. We can criticize our our fellow citizens. We can and and the actions that we took and the histories that we have. We can do that. Okay. Don't tell me that things haven't gotten better. Even President. Uh, Obama had said, you know, things have gotten better. But he pointed out, it seems like, though, for every two steps forward we take, we seem to take a step back. And we're, we might be in that step back moment right now. And it's good to have people coming out and pointing that out. That's good. I, I'm not against that. I don't want this America, rah, rah, love it or leave it. I don't mean that. I just mean, you know, acknowledge that we have made some progress, and but we have to stay vig vigilant. We have to keep working on it. We have to try to do better. It's just, I, I'm all for that. Okay, I'm all for it. But like I said, that undercurrent. So it gets to it bothers me after a while, and I just can't. I just get. I need to take a break. So I took a break, and tonight, I ended that break, and I'm taking another break. <laughs> Uh, I listened to this episode. Uh, it's about a fellow named uh, I think it's Floyd Collins. He's a he's a he was a cave explorer. He was born in eighteen ninety or so, and you know, and just grew up as a kid. Just was fascinated with caves, and he'd go in them and explore them. And he lived down in Kentucky, and and they've got caves all over the place in Kentucky. That's where Mammoth Cave is, I think. And and it's just it's just they got all kinds of caves and stuff down there. And he. Back in the 19, whatever, 30s or so, or he he got himself trapped in a cave, and uh, he was trapped in there uh, for 30 hours or so before anybody really noticed that he that he was something was up. Well, they find him, and I'm going to spoil the show. I'm going to spoil it because I just am. Uh, he. He was found, and there was a massive effort. It just kept growing and growing and growing to try to get him out of there. He was trapped in there, covered with pebbles and rocks and sand, and he was. And they were, try, they were trying to get him out, and they were trying stupid things, trying some semi-smart things, but they were trying to get him out of there. And I, I, I'm not exactly certain how long he was in there, but I think it was at least three weeks. I'm not kidding. 
They kept they would bring food down to him. They'd get him water and all that. And he ended up dying because they decided to start digging the 60 feet down to get to him. And it, they thought, well, this will take only a number of hours. No, it took a long time. It took days some for to get down there. By the time they got to him, using that method, uh, that he had been dead, and they figured he'd been dead for about three days. And I'm sorry, spoiled all that kind of stuff for you. But this is this is what led me to getting upset because I was listening to the show, and there wasn't any undercurrent of the anti-Americanism. The other thing that there's that is an undercurrent on this podcast and it's not so much an undercurrent it gets pretty blatant sometimes is the anti-capitalism and if there's anything I can't stand is anti-capitalism capitalists I can't, I, I'm sorry I, I, I can't stand it you know, you are living in a capitalist system you are benefiting from a capitalist system and you keep talking about how terrible capitalism is you just keep railing about how awful capitalism is and they brought it up in the show now, they talked about a guy being trapped in a cave 60 feet underground for, for weeks. If it wasn't, I mean, it was a long time. And in, in that time, it's the story started getting dispersed. There was radio in those days, and people were showing up to, to, to just watch this effort. And the, you know, there was a town nearby of 600 people or something like that that swelled to 10,000. That's how many people came in there. And they started looking at, you know, looky-loos. They wanted to see what's going on. So <clears throat> it, it just, it was, it was, it was crazy, you know, the way things were going. And, and they're telling the story, and I'm right with it, and I'm fine. And they're talking about this for an hour and 20 minutes they were talking about it, all right? And so they get to the part where they tell you that the guy died, and then, you know, the people leave, and what they what was decided to, be, to do was just to bury him where he was. Just to put him, you know, so they filled everything in, and they put a stalagmite on the top, and they made some kind of memorial up top, that said, here lies so-and-so, and, and you know, that kind of thing. And I think he's been moved since then, but left him there. And then so I guess the person who owned the land uh, after all this took place, decided, you know what? I'll let people go in and see where this took place. Charge them 50 cents a head. And Dave and Gareth were appalled. They were appalled. Oh, isn't capitalism wonderful? Isn't that capitalism? They're, they're, having pe they're having people pay to go and see this area. I, I don't know. I, I went to see where a meteor crashed into Arizona thousands of years ago or wherever it was I, that's not when i saw it that's when it happened and i had to pay to see that so what you know i, I what i i understand the the, the the thinking all the vulture nature of this person making money off of this guy's tragedy but i was just listening to two guys talk for an hour and 20 minutes about this on a podcast that has sponsors now, they may not make a lot of money off of that podcast, but they make money off that podcast. You, what is the difference? What's the difference if some guy who owns the land charges people 50 cents a head to go in and take a look at the area where all this took place, or some guys, you know, 50 years later, 60 years later, whatever it is, that, and, and tell the story on a podcast that has sponsors and makes money. And not only that,
but the podcast helps promote their live shows when they do the live dollop or when they do their own performances because they say where they're going to be. I'm going to be appearing here. I'm going to be going there. They say, so these are two capitalists. These are two anti-capitalism capitalists Make you know just being so upset about uh, being appalled about capitalism and it being used to make some money off of this thing, off of this event, when they're doing pretty much the same thing, aren't they? I mean, I, I isn't there isn't there something? And then you know I'm I'm going to go late to my break. Here's the other thing that got me to arg when I was listening to these two fellas. They would talk about, and this, I agree with them. I agree completely with them. I do. They, uh, they talk about how um, the way news is disseminated these days, that at some point, the movie Network, there's a movie recommendation for you. Watch the movie Network. Network predicts a lot of what we see. And it was, and it was commenting on what was going on at the time. It's 1975 or something like that, some mid-70s uh, for Network or something like that and it was commenting on how news is becoming entertainment and news for ratings news for profit you know the, the, the you know the profit motive that that makes the news go and that's the bad thing that's what these guys are saying and i agree with them back in the old days before there was ratings that the, the news divisions of of network tv were not concerned about making money they were concerned about reporting on the, what was going on in the world in our you know in our country in our states and our local they were concerned about that they weren't concerned about ratings they weren't concerned about money the only way about ratings they were concerned was that it, what they would do is like you got the news from us first they would do that kind of thing but they didn't care they want they, they cared about the news they felt it was a public good and all that. And I agree with with Dave and Gareth on this. I do. That when news went for the profit motive and became entertainment or concerned about ratings and all that kind of stuff, that's a problem. And I agree. However, they seem to forget. You know, in the, in the, in, uh, they, they have this weird thing, and maybe I'm reading it wrong, but they have this weird attitude where they, they look back at the past with disdain about how awful America is, but then they look back at the new the past of the news and how great it was in those days. And you know, it's just like, you know, they kind of like to go back to that that time. I know what they ideally what they'd like go back to the idea that news should not care care about ratings and and profit. Go back to that, but let's not go back to those days because let's not forget what else was happening in the days when the news was all integrity. Let's not forget what was going on, because that was the days when women knew their place, and people of color knew their place, people with non-normative sexual orientation knew their place, when people you know who were different knew their place, and their place was not at the table with the rest of everybody else in America. That's what was going on in those days. Oh, sure, the news may have had all that integrity, but the country had all that other stuff going on. So if you had to choose between... If you had to choose between the two time periods, now where the news has a profit motive and is concerned about ratings, but we have people that were were that are coming to the table. We're still got a ways to go, but they're 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 being included in the conversation, and they're they're being you know it's it's we're 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 learning about people that that hid in the old days, 
Or go back to the old days where we had the news of integrity, but you had to know your place. I don't know. Which would you choose? Okay, thanks. Uh, I think I'll, uh, I'll go to my, my first break. Now you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll, uh, I'll hose off and uh, be back. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Okay, I have something here. It's it's an EVP. I'm telling you, it's really something. Um, I need to call it up. I got to tell you, this is uh, really shaking me. I need to play it for you, and uh, well, I won't. Uh, I won't prejudice your mind as to what you're going to hear. I won't prime the pump. Just have a listen. Get out! Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I I, I think that was clear as day. I heard... Well, I don't understand it, but it's, I heard bread trout. Clear as day. Ooh, creepy. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Happy Jack wasn't old, but he was a man. Hi, this is Pete Townsend of The Who. I just want to say that the United States Air Force is a great place to be, a great place to learn a space-age skill and serve your country too. The Aerospace Team, that's where all the breakthroughs are. See your United States Air Force recruiter. Find out how you too can fly the skies, reach for the moon, and touch the stars in the United States Air Force. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay, I've hosed off. 
Uh, I feel a little bit better now. <clears throat> and uh, I'm going to try and do an impression for you. All right? <clears throat> I'm going to try. Here it goes. <clears throat> you wanted me to talk. I talked. Now, that is the character uh, who is uh, named Mike Ehrmantraut who is uh, on the series Better Call Saul. He's also He was also a character in the series Breaking Bad. I don't know if you've watched Better Call Saul or, Break, or Breaking Bad. They're both terrific series. They're both terrific. And I think, I, I think in my opinion, Better Call Saul is, is even better. You know, Breaking Bad was fantastic, but Better Call Saul seems, to, to me, just it seems even better. And I think, in large part, that's due to the character Mike Ehrmantraut. Uh, Ehrmantraut. I'm not sure how he says it. Uh, Mike is this older guy. He's, uh, he's gruff. He's, uh, he doesn't always... He's, he can be a man of few words. Uh, he used to be a cop. A cop with a shady past. Did some shady stuff as a cop, and when he stopped being a cop, he he, he would do. Well, you know, he, he when we first meet him, he's uh, uh, working as a uh, in Better Call Saul when we first see him. Which the Better Call Saul series happens before the Breaking Bad series, but everybody looks older. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? Uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as the, the storyline goes. So when we, we we meet Mike, he's he works as a uh, parking lot attendant. Real quiet, not a very smiley kind of guy, and and just he just he looks like he looks like the thing <laughs> from from the Fantastic Four. He has that look, and he just has this he has this way of you know talking, you know, and and he's very resourceful. I mean, really resourceful, and he, uh, when he when he stopped being a cop, he would he hooked up working with uh, what would be bad people, <laughs> uh, and he would do bad things. And he didn't really, I mean, he has a, a code of ethics to him. Uh, he's 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 a decent man, but he'll he does some bad stuff. He's not a, he's not adverse to killing. He'll do it. If he needs to, but he will draw a line, and uh, he's just great. He's just a great character, and I bring him up because, uh, as I said in the before the uh, break, I was we um, I was over at uh, you know Craig's place and watching Better Call Saul, and uh, Craig made a point about the character, which I thought was great because it's it is a little ding on him. It's a little bit. And uh, how can I say this without giving away? I'll, I'll try not to give away too much. But um, Mike goes to work for a bad guy who's really cool. And he was in the Breaking Bad series too. So, And Mike worked for him in that series. So if you, if you know Breaking Bad, you might know who I mean. Yeah. Anyway, so he goes to work for this guy. And the there's a uh, project that Mike is taking care of, and that is 
there it's to build something to construct something and this construction is going to be pretty it's a pretty high order you know it's pretty t well, tall order to get done under the constraints that it needs to get done which means uh, which by that I mean has to take place at night nobody has to know that it's going on I mean there's nobody can know that this is going on it has to be a minimal crew they have to know exactly what they're doing and you know, and and get this done in well they they hope six months but they figure it's gonna be more like ten alright and Mike is heading up getting stuff prepared for this project and the men that are brought over, Mike is telling his boss that, you know, these guys are going to be in here for six to ten months. We have to keep them occupied, keep them from getting, uh, you know, going crazy. We got to come up. So we need to do this. That, you know, he's just laying out all the stuff. We need security cameras here. We need a crew of this and all this. And he's just, just boom, 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 boom. I mean, yeah, all that. And then Craig, at, it was at that point that Craig says, Mike is just a little too resourceful. He just, he, he, he knows, he, he, he seems to know how to do everything. <laughs> this guy was a cop. <laughs> and, and, and I agree with him. Mike seems to be just a little too expert on just about everything. He never says, uh, that's that's above my pay grade. I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, never. That never happens. <laughs> but but uh, I, I reconciled it by saying, you know, Mike is just one of those savants. He's just one of those guys that can do anything. And he, he's such a great character. He's played by an actor named Jonathan uh, Banks. And you probably you've seen Jonathan Banks before. He's been in movies. Uh, he's worked, I think, since the '70s or '80s. He's 71 now. Uh, he was in uh, Airplane. Uh, he was in Gremlins and Beverly Hills Cop and 48 Hours. And he was in a TV series. He was a regular on a TV series called Wise Guy, which I never watched it. But but he's the guy's been around. And he's just terrific. So but if you haven't seen Better Call Saul, you better see it because it's great. It's just it's great. And Mike Ehrmantraut is a big reason why it's so good. All right, what's next? <laughs> what's next in the on the big uh, agenda show here? Uh, next is this isn't a, a terribly big thing. I don't think this is going to go very viral, but who knows? Uh, remember? Uh, do you remember, or have you heard of a? Uh, you, you know what an anachronism is? It's uh, something that's out of time that shouldn't be there. Uh, this series Mash on TV ran for uh, like three times as long as the war lasted or four times as long as the war lasted and so we had problems with its timeline you had to just kind of go with it but then they they had a uh, they have a lot of anachronisms in there something that is shown in that show that is supposed to show the the you know the the Korean War which took place in 1950 1953 or 51 to 53 something like that uh, it's supposed to be showing that time period, and there's one particular anachronism that happens in there that has radar with a comic book that is of the Avengers. And the Avengers didn't come out until 1963, ten years after the war ended. Now, a comic book collector, like such as myself, is going to notice that, uh, but most folks aren't going to notice that. That's an anachronism. 
But there's been these other anachronisms, supposedly, that the more conspiracy-minded people will will grab onto. And it, it, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, it came out that uh, somebody, some people started noticing something intriguing about this uh, movie uh, DVD release of a Charlie Chaplin movie called The Circus, I think that's what it's called. And in the extras, there was some footage from the the Hollywood premiere of that movie or of some Charlie Chaplin thing, you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff or just just some extras. And in the extras, they show uh, a, a, an older woman walking along, going right by the camera, and she's holding something to her ear, and she's talking as she's walking along. And people with modern eyes look at that and they put modern interpretation on what they're seeing. So what they're interpreting is that it boy it sure looks like she's on a cell phone. And it's not it, it, it obviously it's not a cell phone. You know, but but the more conspiracy minded will say is this a ta time traveler? Is there a time traveler here? I mean, if it is a cell phone, how the hell is she getting any signal? <laughs> There's no cell towers back in the 1920s. So where's she getting the signal? If she's a time traveler, why wouldn't she, you know, wouldn't a time traveler be using something better than than the cell phones we even have today? When Who knows what time, what kind of cell phone sorts of things we're going to have in the future? Will it be some, will it be a comm badge that we wear on our uniforms? Like we're in Starfleet and Star Trek, you know, is it, will it be something like that, or will it be an implant in our brains that we can just access and talk to people through our minds, almost being tele, uh, psychokinesis or uh, telepathy? That's it. That's what I meant to say. Telepathy. Is it going to be that? Well, I don't know. Anyway, so the conspiracy-minded folks wanted to believe that she's got a cell phone. Because it looks like a cell phone, and it kind of does. It, that's it's that sort of shape. It doesn't look like the smartphones we have. It looks like the 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 kind of cell phone I had before I got my way cool flip phone. Oh, my way cool flip phone. Uh, it turns out that people that will do a little more digging that uh, this particular uh, film footage was from 1924 and about 20 years earlier there was a a, uh, a a hearing aid device that came onto the market that's a little box kind of thing that must have a little microphone or something in there with a little speaker or somehow that you can hold to your ear that'll help amplify sound and that's very likely what she had and there's there were different kinds of them different uh, companies made different versions of those, but they look a lot like what she's got there. So that's what seems more likely. You know, use Occam's razor. What seems more likely? She's a time traveler talking on a cell phone, or she's hard of hearing, and she's using a, a hearing device that was available in those days. What seems more likely? Okay, so there's the setup, in case you hadn't known about that. I'll link to it in the show notes at dimland.com. Go to the blog option, and you'll find the show notes. I'll link the stuff in there so you can check it out. But just recently, just this past week, there's a Facebook group that I'm uh, part of that's uh, that's dedicated to the pre-code Hollywood era. 
1924 to or 1929 to 1934. I think that's what it is. And it's called uh, Hollywood Sin or something like that. Whatever pre-code stuff. And my friend Michael Noble blogged about this. He's he's also part of that group. And he somebody shared a picture of Clara Bow. She was what was known as the It Girl back in the silent movie theaters, uh, days. And she she's a fascinating person. There's um, You Must Remember This podcast, uh, which is an excellent podcast about Hollywood. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll see if I can link to the one that's about her. Uh, specifically, there's a, some stuff about her. And you, you can listen to that and learn about this fascinating woman. And uh, the picture is of her sitting on a on one of those uh, posts on a on a dock or a pier, you know, the the wood post. She's sitting on that. She's got a bathing suit on, the old wool style, but not the kind that goes all the way down the ankles. She's showing some leg, and she's got on her lap. Somebody in the group suggested, "Is that a laptop computer?" Now, my friend Michael thought, well, "You got to be kidding." <laughs> You, that doesn't look anything like a laptop computer. Well, it, it, there's similarities. It's uh, the top is opened up, so it's it makes the shape of a of a, like a laptop computer would would look sitting on her lap. Except the keyboard part is about four inches deep, maybe more, and the screen part is about two inches deep, or so. In the middle of the of the screen part, the top part, there's a there's what looks like a little bit of an antenna sticking up, and people are looking at that, thinking that that is a might be a laptop computer. Now they might be tongue and cheeking it; they may not be that serious. It may not go as viral as the the woman with the cell phone and the Charlie Chaplin Hollywood premiere film, but who knows? Uh, and it's it's clearly a box, probably made of wood, uh, a jewelry box was suggested, but somebody nailed it. I think it's a makeup kit, because in her uh, right hand, which she is holding to her cheek, she has one of those makeup sponges or powder puff in her hand. So it's pretty obvious that it, it, that the more likely explanation. Is that it's a makeup kit, the box with the makeup stuff in it, and the antenna is just the latch for the box to set up. And so again, Occam's razor would say, "Gee, oh, she's got a laptop that has a especially deep uh, laptop part of it, or it's a makeup kit, which seems more likely." Hmm. Well, I don't know which seems more likely to you, but right now, what's likely to me? It's a time for my next break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim, Fitz, Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be right back. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am 
I'm a paramedic, and it may sound silly, but a lot of people are afraid to call 911 when they're experiencing uncomfortable pressure, fullness, squeezing, or pain in the center of the chest. Instead, people risk permanent damage or death because they're afraid they might get a lecture. To learn more about heart attack warning signs, call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit us on the web at AmericanHeart.org. Hey, I almost forgot. It's, it's time for... It's quiz time on Dimland Radio. Everybody got your pens ready? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question here. It's a multiple choice answer. Uh, can you name the person who said this? That's why I don't eat friggin' lobster or anything like that, because they're alive when you kill it. Was that A, Mahatma Gandhi, B, Jane Goodall, C, Albert Einstein, or D, Snooky? This has been Quiz Time on Dimland Radio. Wash your hands often to reduce the spread of germs and disease. To wash your hands properly, wet them, apply a quarter-sized amount of liquid soap, and rub them together for about the time it takes to sing the Happy Birthday song twice. Wash the front and back, in between your fingers, and under your nails. Dry them with a paper towel if possible, and then use the paper towel to turn off the faucet and open the door. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. A message from the CDC. But we give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, don't forget that you can subscribe to this show on iTunes or follow on Podbean and wherever you catch your podcasts, maybe check and see if you can find Dimland Radio. It might be on there. Uh, I, I, I post everything through Podbean, and Podbean's supposed to disseminate podcasts around. I'd like to get more listeners. Um, you know, I have a... A very nice, loyal core, core of, at this point, about two people. But otherwise, <laughs> I'd like to get more. So subscribe on iTunes. Leave a good ra- rating and review. You know, that'd be nice. A five-star rating if you, if you think I'm worthy of it. I've got, I think, six five-star ratings, I think, which is cool. And a couple nice reviews, also cool. But more would be better, wouldn't it? I really don't know how to get more listeners, but I'm trying. Anyway, so um, there's another podcast out there that undoubtedly has more listeners than I do, and it's called In the Dark, and it is a, uh, a news podcast. Well, it's an, an, uh, an investigative podcast. They they've done two seasons so far, and what and and it's a I think it's pretty much like a NPR run kind of thing, and. What they do is they they investigate a particular case for a season, and 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 so the first season they did was about the Jacob Wetterling kidnapping, uh, his murder, and the subsequent catching of the guy who did it, 
uh, Danny Heinrich, I believe is his name, and uh, and about just how that case went and and uh, why it took so long and that kind of thing. Uh, their second season is about a fellow named uh, Curtis Flowers, who, is, who seems to be wrongly accused and convicted and on death row for a multiple homicide. Uh, and it's just, it's, it, from what they report in that series, it sure does seem like he's, like they've got the wrong guy in there. And it's really a frustrating thing because he's, he's had his, he's had appeal after appeal after appeal. And each time, they they fine for him, and yet the district attorney of I can't remember which state it is, just puts him right back in jail. Just brings the case right back and just and he stays he stays on death row. He doesn't get free. And it's complicated. You should listen to it. I, I I'm not doing it justice here. But uh, the series will also do updates if something develops in either of those two cases that they've that they've reported on. They'll do an update. And they did an update on the Jacob Wetterling case. Uh, after all the people involved, uh, you know, the, when, the, when the case was finally solved, and that wasn't that long ago when it was finally solved, like within, it's within the last year. Um, or, yeah about, yeah, about the last year or something like that, right? And when it was solved, uh, all the law enforcement guys and the FBI guys were all there, and they're all patting each other on the back, saying, "We knew we'd get it. We kept working on it. We knew we'd get it. We kept working on it." But actually, uh, when a new sheriff came to Stearns County, when there was a new sheriff in town, a fellow named uh, Don Gudmanson, he held a press conference once the records were all released to the public, which that happened just recently, and the, he held a press conference in which he completely blasted. His predecessors and the FBI and all that in their terrible investigation of this, the thing went for 30 plus years before they finally solved it, and really they only solved it because Danny Heinrich confessed. He was up on uh, child pornography charges, and, and to get less of a shot there, he can he can finally confessed to kidnapping and killing Jacob Wetterling, and he took him to his bot to the body and. And it does seem as though he is really guilty of it. And this, but, okay, so this gunmanson has this press conference and he just eviscerates everybody that was involved before him. And you can't win him a lot of points <laughs> in law enforcement there. And there was an FBI guy there that was part of the investigation. And he got up after this press conference and he had his own little press conference, impromptu, in which he let it be known how un how displeased he was with Gunmanson. But I, re I bring it up because Gunmanson said something very uh, very much worthy, making him worthy of being a Dimland radi radio science hero. Uh, because he talked about what happens in these big cases, missing person cases, these kinds of things. What happens inevitably, you get the psychics. You get the people who believe that they have some second sight coming out of the woodwork to mess with it. they think their 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 intense intentions are good but they really aren't helping and he talked about that and i got the audio clip from um, from that press conference so i'm going to play here and when it ends you'll hear the uh, reporter that does the uh, 
in the dark series, you'll hear a voice come in a little bit there, but it'll tail out and they'll come back. So I want you to listen to Sheriff Don Gudmanson and his what he thinks of uh, of uh, psychics. You know your investigation is already off the rails when you're dealing with psychics. October 24th, less than 48 hours after the abduction. There was a lot of contact with psychics in this case. They are right about precisely nothing. Investigators are also dealing with psychics before an excellent neighborhood canvas is ever done. There are also clairvoyants, tarot cards, Indian medicine men, witching rods, Satanists, voodoo, witchcraft, hypnosis, premonitions, and dreams and repressed memory reports in the file. There are thousands of pages of unnecessary, redundant, detailed, and ultimately meaningless reports about trivia, like the kind of pizza ordered, movies watched, or large amounts of toilet tissue ordered. Sheriff Gudmundson kept coming back to this. Yep. Baffling it was. Sheriff Gudmundson, you've got my vote. If I could vote for you, I don't live in Stearns County, so I can't vote for him. But oh my goodness! Now, to be fair to law enforcement and the FBI, when they're faced with a case like this and they are approached by psychics, they have to go with it. They have to follow up. It, they can't just ignore it. They can't. It, I mean, hopefully they they determine the worthlessness of the information quickly, but they have to be open to it because it has happened where somebody who has does actually have information, but that information, but coming forth and giving that information might incriminate that person, and they don't want that to happen. So what they'll do is they will pose as a psychic or they will have a friend who's a psychic come and give you know they'll give them the information and they will go and do it they will or and so they can bring forward the information but they don't want to be incriminated they don't want they don't want that to happen they might also be directly involved in what it is and and they want to give that information but again they don't want to get busted so that may not happen very often but that's something that law enforcement guys people, men and women, have to think about when these psychics call in. But I do like what Sheriff Gunmanson said. They are right about exactly nothing. <laughs> and I mean, there, it's, it, there, were, there are those who will dispute me, but as far as it's my understanding from, from people who are pay a lot more closely, a lot more closely, a lot more closer attention to this kind of stuff than I do, uh, that there is no crime uh, on record ever having been solved because of a psychic, of information given from a, getting, gotten from a psychic. It's just, it's never happened. Now, somebody might email me and say, well, damn, there's this. But I don't know. This is my, it's what I know from what I listen to when I listen to skeptics who do a lot of research in this kind of stuff and report on this kind of stuff and write about this kind of stuff, and they say, it ain't there. All right, before I get out of here, I got three cool things. Three cool things. Uh, first cool thing uh, I will mention is that there's a video. If you're a football fan and you know that the rules have changed in the NFL this year about how defenders can tackle a quarterback. 
and it's really getting messed up this season. The officials don't know exactly how they're supposed to call this, and defenders are saying, how the hell are we supposed to tackle, do our jobs? How are we supposed to, if we're, spo- if we're trying to sack the quarterback, but we can't land on him? I understand, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, they, they can't drive him into the ground, but how do you interpret that? And how do you, how is a, how is a, 270 pound defender running at a you know running at the quarterback supposed to stop himself <laughs> from hitting him it's just how is that supposed to happen it, it's it's messed up uh clay matthews is a is a fellow who plays for the um uh green bay packers and in the first three ga- three games of the season he had gotten a you know uh, uh a personal foul penalty um roughing the passer because of how he tackled and and you, and I've seen the plays and I I look at him and I think that looks fine looks fine to me doesn't look <laughs> it's just it's terrible it's terrible that he doesn't know how to do his job and he's just he's very upset about it there's a video out that exp- that shows how you are supposed to tackle now and it's it's pretty funny it's pretty funny um Oh, I just thought I was going to talk about this thing. I told you to do your homework last week. Well, you got another week to do your homework. Watch the Joe Para reads you the the church announcements. Watch that. If you haven't watched it, um, I'm going to talk about it. But I'll give you another week. All right? You got another week to get your homework done. I just couldn't get to it to this this show. There's too much. Uh, the other cool thing. So check out that video. I'll link to that video about how to tackle a quarterback, how to sack him. Uh, the uh, the other cool thing is uh, John Byrne is an artist who's done comic books since the 1970s. He's one of my all-time favorite comic book illustrators. He's fantastic. And I somebody had uh, posted a video of him doing a sketch of Captain America. And it's really good how he does it. And it's interesting to see how he holds a, a pencil when he's doing his work. And... The thing that I think is cool about it is on his collar, he's wearing a black shirt with a with a collar. On his collar, he's got a button, and on that button is the atheist symbol. The A in a circle, kind of a swoosh kind of thing. I'll uh, I'll link to the video to see what it looks like, or at least an image from the video. They say, and I think that's pretty cool. And the other cool thing, third cool thing of this w- uh, week, there's been this whole. Supreme Court confirmation hearings about this uh, this Kavanaugh fellow, and it's gotten really um, it's gotten really interesting. And uh, the Republicans seem determined to get him confirmed and uh, and on the Supreme Court so they can end abortion, which I don't think is going to happen. Even if he's on there, I don't think that's going to happen. But could be wrong. Anyway, I'm not going to go through all the stuff that's been going on. In it. I'm not going to go through all that. But there's one Republican on the committee. Uh, he's a Senator uh, Jeff Flake, I believe his name is. He was confronted by a woman who had been sexually assaulted, and she read him the riot act. He's on this, this committee, and he actually uh, voted for a delay. Uh, voted no, you know, to not to not pass out of committee to go to the full Senate for the vote. 
they're they're going to do have the FBI do an investigation into these claims that are made against uh, uh, against Kavanaugh. I don't even think I can't remember his first name. Didn't write it down. Sorry, but uh, there's a photograph of Senator Flake. He's got uh, Lindsey Graham on one side of him and a couple other fellows on the other side of him, and there's a woman standing behind his chair, and there's two other people looking at him, and he's he's got this look on his face, and he's pushed away from from the the, the desk in front of him, and he's he's got it is a fabulous photograph. It's fantastic. It has the, the it has the I've seen it before where somebody has t- compared some other photograph of some event more a modern event and comparing it to the renaissance masters painters you know and and this one has that same thing the story is in there the the composition of the photograph is fantastic the look that was captured the photographer you can tell has an eye you know has knows how to capture a moment and that moment is terrific it's a fantastic photograph it's very cool if not a very cool situation it's a really cool photograph uh, I'll uh, link to stuff so you can check it out and uh, make sure that you see it and I hope that you've had at least three cool things happen for you this week good night good night Frau Blucher well what do you know got to the end of a show you're listening to, you have been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I want you to be skeptical and remember that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. Do your homework this week. I'll get to it next week. Make a note right now. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by the Yolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.